Welcome and thanks for listening to Texas Tech Health Check from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. I'm your host, Melissa Whitfield. We want you to get healthy and stay healthy with help from evidence-based advice from our physicians, healthcare providers, and researchers. Most of us are now receiving our COVID-19 tests in the mail. How reliable are they? How can we ensure we're doing the tests correctly? Instead of having me just asking our experts questions, we handed this episode over to TTUHSC President, Dr. Lori Rice Spearman. She asked the current chair of the Department of Laboratory Sciences and Primary Care, Dr. Wade Redman, to explain COVID-19 testing and results. Hi, I'm your guest host, Dr. Lori Rice Spearman, for this episode. You might be wondering, why is this topic one that's near and dear to me? Well, before I became president of the Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center, I was chair of the Department of Laboratory Sciences and Primary Care in the School of Health Professions. And as other guests have said before, my expertise is in clinical laboratory science. I actually hold a certification from the American Society of Clinical Pathology. And so today, my special guest is Dr. Wade Redman. Dr. Wade Redman currently serves as Associate Dean in the School of Health Professions, but also holds the position of Chair of the Department of Laboratory Sciences and Primary Care, and he also holds certification from the American Society of Clinical Pathology. So, Wade, it's great to have you here today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. So we're going to talk about the hot topic of laboratory testing, particularly related to covid You and I have been in the laboratory field now, I know for me, three decades, for you, two decades, and we've seen quite an evolution in laboratory testing from the time when you and I were doing it manually to uh, more automated methods and now more molecular methods. So really what I wanted to do is talk through today, what does current COVID testing look like? So my first question for you is, what is the most reliable COVID test and why do you think it's the most reliable that's available right now? Well, that would be the PCR test, actually the first test to detect COVID that we've had. It's considered the golden standard because it is a nucleic acid test. It actually picks up the RNA of the COVID virus, which is a very, very small piece, very sensitive and very accurate, the best that we have today. And we're still able to access that kind of te- testing out here in West Texas, correct? That's correct. We still right. can That's still the one we want to go to for absolute confirmation. That's correct. It does take a little longer because of the expertise and the equipment, which is very expensive, but that is the go-to test. Great. Okay. You know, right now, the federal government just announced that you can go online and order free tests that they'll send to your home. And can you talk a little bit about those free tests and how they might differ from the gold standard? And while they're still a good tool, some of the things that we need to be aware of. Sure, be glad to. Those would be the antigen or rapid tests that we hear about. Now, they're not quite as sensitive, but they do do the job for positivity. In other words, if it's positive, it's positive. There are some downfalls to it, which we'll talk about in a minute, false negative tests. But the important thing to know is that when people get these tests, which I think you can get up to four, I could be wrong, you need to read the instructions. Okay, that's read the instructions, read the instructions, because that's going to be imperative that all of us do that. Without that, we could get false results, inaccurate results, which would not be a good thing. You know, all of, all of us in the diagnostic laboratory world, 
one of the first things we learn is that the value of a test is only as good as the specimen that we collect. And so you're right. It's so important that they follow those instructions very specifically and make sure that they collect that sample the way that they're supposed to. Absolutely. Okay, let's go on to our next question. Can testing materials be reused? That would be no. Once you be, they're used, they're used up, and they need to be disposed of properly in the trash. If, they're, if you're at home using Angiotest, you to put them in the trash, then throw that immediately in the dumpster. Yeah, because, you know, those specimens are some of our body secretions, and they have the potential to carry the virus Absolutely. for transmission. So I think that's a really good, important piece of information. And now then, let's talk a little bit about, you touched on it, one of the shortcomings of the test that we order and get at home, and that's this idea of what's called a false negative. So can you kind of talk through what does that terminology mean when that happens or when when we get tested at home and we're like, well, I was negative, but then I went and got a PCR test and it's positive. So can you talk through that? Yes. False and negative means that you actually have the virus. You may not show symptoms yet. The virus may not be at the quantity it needs to be to be picked up by these rapid tests. It's not as sensitive as a gold standard PCR. So you could have symptoms for a little while and it still be false and negative, meaning the virus is actually there, but the test isn't quite as sensitive to pick up on it yet. Usually if you wait a few days, it will be turned positive. That has happened. It could happen for another reason being that the test gets expired. People need to look at those expiration dates to make sure that they know when they're expired. Or you could get it through delivery and transit. It could be too hot, too cold. That's something to keep track of because these do have temperatures, temperatures on them. And you talked about specimen collection, which is very vital. Some people may go rogue and it says a nasal swab and they'll use a throat swab. So those kinds of things you really need to pay attention to and which could cause false and negative results. I think that's important for us to understand. You know, for you and I, when we have a patient come in, we generally have a pretty good idea of how long they've been producing symptoms, which allows us to direct whether it's an appropriate time to collect that specimen or not, knowing the limitations of the test. So I think that's really good information for us to share with those individuals doing at-home testing. Okay, if one person tests positive in a family, the rest of the family members, do they need to be tested? Well, ironically, I think most of us may have run into the situation, so let me delve into a little bit. Currently, if you have been vaccinated, fully vaccinated, or have had COVID-19 in the last 90 days, we recommend you not get tested unless you show symptoms. You can wait 10 days, depending on your employer. 10 days with a mask is probably an ideal situation unless you show symptoms. Now, if you show symptoms, please get tested. Conversely, if you're not fully vaccinated or you haven't had COVID-19 in the last 90 days, it's recommended you stay quarantined for at least five days. And you also wear a mask if you do go out. Always wear a mask for another five more days. And now, if you show symptoms, once again, please get tested. Great. That's really good information to share. How often should someone with a negative or a positive result test? Well, I'll start with the positive first. If it's positive, either with the antigen one, the rapid one, it, it's, it's positive. You, you have COVID, there's no reason to keep going back. I would be sure to tell your doctor that you're sick or you, you've had symptoms to make sure you don't get worse because you may have something else or a secondary infection, which could be bacterial. And if you're negative and you have no symptoms, there's no reason to get tested unless you live with someone or have close contact that someone's immunocompromised, whether it be they're elderly or they're on chemotherapy or just like I said before, you know, compromise. We need to make sure we don't expose them. So we always need to wear a mask around them. And you could get tested. Keep in mind, though, that it could, for the rapid test, it may be false negative. So I would get tested at least 
after four days or so to make sure you don't expose those people who are less healthy or immunized. Great. So in summation, Dr. Redman, it sounds like we do believe in the value of the at-home testing kits with the understanding that collection is so critical. Follow those directions. Make sure you do it correctly. Make sure you're storing those tests as they recommend. Be aware that there is the potential for false negative and that anytime you truly are in question and you feel like you need to have an absolute answer, the best bet is probably that nucleic acid or molecular assay, which is the gold standard. Anything else you'd like to add? No, just thank you for the opportunity and thank you again. Thanks for listening to Texas Tech Health Check. Make sure to subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts so you won't miss the next episode. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Always seek immediate medical advice from your physician or healthcare provider for questions regarding your health or medical condition. Texas Tech Health Check is brought to you by Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center and produced by Tierra Castillo, Susanna Cisneros, and me, Melissa Whitfield.